I'm here with Mr. Alex Budden, uh, the Vice President of External Affairs um, at Africa Oil in Nairobi, Kenya. Africa Oil is a Canadian oil and gas company with assets in Kenya and Ethiopia. Alex, welcome. Thank you for taking the time to speak no, to me you. today. As we're here at uh, the Institute for Human Rights and Businesses workshop on enhancing community engagement uh, in Kenya's extractive sector. So thank you very much. Firstly, I'd like to give any reflections on, on the workshop and, and, and how the NARI process is, is working from a company perspective. I, I think the NARI process is an important part of, of the wider discussion that's going on in, in East Africa and certainly Kenya at the moment. I think forums where people, where civil society, private sector, government can come together to talk as openly as possible about these issues is really important. Uh, too many people are entrenched. It may be misperception, it may be misinformation, or it may be just miscommunication by those who need to pass information across. I think companies need to be better at doing that. Governments certainly need to be better at doing that. And I think civil society also has to open up and, and recognize that some of the issues that are going on in Kenya are not because of extractive companies, they're because of issues within Kenya that now oil and gas companies are having to deal with. And I think there's a relationship there that can be developed so that we all achieve the same objectives. Can you tell us what currently informs um, Africa Oil's uh, community engagement work? I mean, are there any specific requirements that you look at under the law or in specific contracts? For Africa Royal, um, community engagement is not so much something that is stipulated within our contracts or within the law, but it's an essential component of our wider stakeholder management. Um, communities are a key part of that, but of course there are, there are other wider groups as well, uh, be they government, be they civil society, be they, be they the media. Uh, and of course, as a commercial company, we have our investors, our shareholders as well, that are key stakeholders in what we do. Um, so our pr approach to community engagement is very much um, twofold. It's, it's a risk management approach, um, but it's also an added value approach. So from a risk management point of view, it's very simply, if we don't get community relations right, if we don't have a social license to operate, as opposed to a legal license to operate, then actually we can't do our business. Uh, and that affects our ability to um, explore for oil, it affects our ability to, to raise value for the company and, and to help Kenya as a country uh, on its path to economic development through oil and gas revenues. So it's essential from a bottom line risk management point of view that we engage with the communities. But I think the, the added value, the opportunity side of it is, is more important in some ways because I think Everyone knows that the oil and gas and the extractive sector over the last 30 years probably hasn't done things in a way that most people would want them to do. I think that has been changing. I think for Africa Oil, uh, as a smaller company, having been in the region for 10 years or so, we've tried very hard to focus on those issues from the start. Um, community engagement for us is about a social license to operate, but it's also about how do we ensure that the communities recognize that we're there to add value. Um, we want the local communities to be our workers, we want them to be our managers, we want them to be our providers of goods and services. We can only do that if we have a relationship with them and if they trust that relationship. So um, I think when we look at the range of community engagement activities, we perhaps used to define it as CSR or community development, but that's really only one portion of what we do. Nowadays it's about understanding what the concerns of those communities are, why do they feel uh, our operations may have a negative impact, and what can we do to minimize those? Um, why do they feel perhaps excluded from the supply chain or the, um, the business opportunities that are coming up, and what can we do to help them with that? I, I think if we were just following the word of the law, 
then we would always sort of issue contracts to those that could offer them at the best value and at the lowest price, um, and that would be you know, meeting our legal requirements. But I think we recognize that coming into somewhere like um, northern Kenya, there hasn't been the investment, there hasn't been the training, there hasn't been the, the business skills development in those areas for, for decades, if not hundreds of years. And therefore, we need to work with the community so that they can maximize their benefits as well. Yes, that adds additional cost to us. Maybe that takes a little bit longer than, than um, securing good services or workers from elsewhere, but it's a long-term investment. And I think the investment is the key word here. Perhaps if you talk to companies like ours 10 years ago, then community development CSR projects were considered a cost, a necessary, a necessary cost maybe, but a cost nonetheless. I think today it's much more about investment. So it's no longer just about building a school or a borehole, although those things are still done because actually the communities want them to be done. So we do those, but we do recognize that those are short-term issues. We also want to invest long-term. So we're looking at technical and vocational training centers, we're looking at enterprise development centers to train business people in how they can access their opportunities. But we're also working with organizations like the World Bank to set up uh, micro-lending schemes for entrepreneurs and SMEs so they can actually get the finance to do business with us. So, I mean, within your community engagement strategy, I mean, how do you, I mean, how, how is Africa Oil currently monitoring and evaluating um, the effectiveness of, of, of that particular type of engagement with communities? I think at the moment we're at a very early stage of that monitoring. It's a very direct relationship. We've set up um, a wide range of stakeholder uh, assessment meetings where we go back to the same communities we've been before, um, try and ensure that what we said we're going to do we have done, are there concerns about the way we've done things. It's a very internal mechanism at the moment. I think what we're going to want to do is build on that. So we're at an early stage of exploration. I think if we move into the appraisal and development phase, and it looks like we're going to be in these areas longer, we're going to want to bring in some sort of third party um, assistance to help us ensure that we're, we're actually meeting all the requirements of those communities. We're just introducing a, a new grievance procedure with our partner Tullo uh, in Takana. Uh, so there's, there's community information offices that people can go to, to to register their grievances, concerns, or raise questions. Uh, there's going to be a hotline that people can call, there's going to be an SMS system, um, but there's also going to be the traditional sort of outreach, the barazas, the town hall meetings. Mm -hmm. And I think through, there's going to be no one solution to ensuring that we're actually um, doing what we say we're going to do. Um, so we, we need to put all of those activities in place. And I think the combined effect should help us know whether we're meeting our targets. The next stage probably is then perhaps to bring in a third party mm -hmm. to then start doing some of that um, uh, monitoring on our behalf. And Alex, you mentioned the importance of social investment and working with communities to maximize benefits. What exactly are you doing or, or there is, is there any plan to, to, to empower communities to, to, to better engage with companies? Yes, I mean, I think that's a really interesting subject. I'm very much of the view that companies have a key role to play in this, but I'm also very strongly of the view that other people have to up their game in these areas as well the government, the civil society, bilateral donors, uh, international organizations, we've all got a role to play here. Um, it shouldn't just be left to the companies to do this. And in fact, I think that would be the wrong thing to do, to leave it to the companies. Uh, actually, there are others with better expertise and, and better um, knowledge of how to do these things. Companies have a role, so we have a direct relationship with the local communities where we can identify that local communities are being excluded from our business activities. I think we have to step in. Um, we have to help them uh, access financing. We have to help them develop business skills training. We have to help them understand what, what an international industry requires. 
Uh, and I think what we've got to remember is some of the areas we're working in, in northern Kenya, they've never had any form of modern commercial activity in those areas. These are, these are traditionally rural uh, farming or pastoralist communities. And we're suddenly asking them to be able to bid for and procure contracts for an international industry that's exec, uh, very heavily regulated uh, in terms of quality and the health and safety. And those are requirements we have to then impose upon the local communities. Um, I'll give you an example. When we asked for, for drivers for light vehicles, not only do they have to be able to drive, they have to be able to drive to an international standard set mm -hmm. by the oil and gas producers. They also have to understand defensive driving. They have to understand the use of roll cages and, and other sort of activities. That's not something that traditionally has been needed in northern Kenya. So we have to help raise that level of understanding and skill set. But I do go back to my initial point if we're talking about really maximizing opportunities and how to ensure that communities can greatly benefit from this, I think civil society has a role to play in how you help um, empower uh, the communities. And it's not just empowering communities to, to ensure they don't get ripped off by companies. That's an important part of it. But good companies shouldn't be trying to do that anyway. It's all about how do the communities ensure that their voice is heard within the governance structures. Um, we're going through a complicated system of implementing devolution in Kenya at the moment. A lot of people feel their voices are not being heard. Uh, there's a lot more uh, political players in an area like northern Kenya at the moment. Uh, you've got senators, you've got governors, you've got members of parliament, you've got members of the county assembly. How do the communities ensure that their voices are being heard by those democratically elected mm. leaders who are then the ones who are responsible for ensuring that um, not only commercial activity like ours, but, but donor activity and uh, community development plans and all of those things work for the benefit of the community. So community empowerment is, is essential. I don't believe it's an oil and gas issue. I think it's a wider governance issue. And therefore, I think there's a lot of other people that need to be playing a role there. Thank you, Ali, so much for your participation and your reflections this morning. No, my pleasure. Appreciate Thank it. you.